Hello and welcome to the Moisture Farm Report, the Star Wars podcast that has the power to save the one you love, but only if you like and subscribe and leave five-star reviews. My name is James Matthews and with me, as always, is Adam Wheeler. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing good, thanks. Can I just uh, add on some nice likes and retweets as well? That'd be nice. Just as, oh, much, yeah, as, yeah. as much as possible, really. Um, but we're not, we're not like overly fussed really actually yeah, you can do whatever you want <laughs> yeah it will help you save the one you love if you like and retweet and everything but it also make you rich if you go onto instagram and you know, <laughs> like and follow on there yeah. and <laughs> yeah um but no I, i'm good james um good to be back <laughs> for um season three um it's been a interesting off season a lot's happened but it's really good to get mm -hmm. back recording. It's like getting back into a routine. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I've got the back to school vibe. I've got my brand new pencil case and everything. <laughs> got my water bottle, my lunchbox. But of course, we are kicking off season three today and we're doing it in a very special fashion because we've got our very first guest on the podcast. We have got Jordan, the Supreme Emperor himself, the social media admin and one of the Wikipedia editors. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having us on, guys. No problem. It's very good to hear you, have you here. We've been very excited about having you on because you've been... Like, we interact with you a lot on Twitter, um, and we see you interact with a lot of Star Wars fans. We're like, we've, we've got to have you on at some point. It's honestly getting to interact with everyone on social media and just, just see the hype and excitement people have about Star Wars. <laughs> it's one of the most rewarding things. You could really tell. Cause like, I remember when, um, I think you were one of our like first kind of big followers That's when right. we set up our account. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, Me and James were going a little bit crazy that we had a verified follow. <laughs> yeah. And we thought, my goodness, this is the start of something. And, and it was you. Um, although I do think, to put a caveat on that, I think you guys were going through like a follow spree of all the Star Wars community. <laughs> yeah. So we thought we were really special. And we do hope that we still are in some way special. <laughs> uh, if, it, if it helps, I think when I followed you, I was following a bunch of other larger Star Wars podcasts. So take that as you will. <laughs> Yo, he's, he's, but he's buttering us thing. up. He's buttering us up, James. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, I remember when um, you followed us, I think you're on like 60,000 followers or something. And now you're on nearly 140,000. We've managed like... 800 in that time so <laughs> if we could have some of that growth it would be great right now we're at 100 on twitter 135,658 wow. wow wow i mean every time you guys retweeted one of our posts i mean our followers went up to like tenfold especially when we were in the early days so it was just it was uh it was incredible so thank you very much it's been great our pleasure it, i mean it just i mean not not to get into too many questions because we'll think we'll save some of them for the end of the podcast but i mean like it must be just crazy just trying to like answer everyone and just keep up to date with everything on a regular basis. It really is. Um, I try to keep a uh, I try to keep a running list of things to search for, or I'll use TweetDeck to uh, search for multiple terms at the same time. Mm. It's it's not possible to catch everything. So if anyone yeah. watching this, if I've missed one, if we've missed one of your messages, <laughs> ping or DM us. It probably did just get missed. I swear you're not being ignored. Don't take it personally. They will get back to you in a timely fashion. Just uh, just look out for the out of hours email uh, automatic response. It's <laughs> usually a good sign. Um, but we are here today uh, with a special topic, which we're looking forward to Jordan uh, joining us on. Um, should we should we kind of just hop into it while we're here? I'm good when you are. So, the Star Wars universe is home to many things peculiar and awe-inspiring. Uh, creatures born from imagination and distant worlds of every possible climate. Um, and magical powers binding the universe together and holding everything in equilibrium. But... 
James and Jordan. We're not here mm-hmm. to talk about that stuff. We are here to talk about something a little bit different. Uh, we're here to talk about the culinary world of Star Wars. Are you sorry? You just said we're not talking about like magical powers and stuff. Are you saying food is not a form of magic? Some of the foods in Star Wars are magically good, so exactly. You t- are, you, are you are you trying to say the food there is food imbued with the Force? I'm just saying food can bring people and bind them together as much as the Force can. Like are we like I'm I'm sort of going on the midi chloroxians, like the the oil in in uh, in um, Skippy. Like there's nothing there's nothing like that just hiding around the corner. We're going to discover in this episode, is there? Like sunflower oil with the force. I mean, we do have the dark side tree on Dagobah, so is it really a stretch to say that maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a Ronto wrap somewhere that is force sensitive? Huh? <laughs> That's, That's a very true. good point. If you can have a force sensitive tree, I reckon you can have force sensitive vegetables. I, I should, I mean, of course, preface that with I recommend people not go out and chop down the nearest tree. I would advise against that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, st- deforestation will not make you a Jedi. No, <laughs> we are staunch environmentalists. We can- do not condone that. But yes, so cuisine in Star Wars. So we're going to be talking all about this, special moments involving food um, and asking if particular food items maybe are canon and whether they're not. Who knows? Um, James and Jordan, this is making me hungry already. Like, I think, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we should get started. So um, let's just get straight into it. So what we're going to start off with mm-hmm. is the most iconic moment of food in Star Wars, which is effectively almost the one of the first things we see in the whole saga, which is the opening scene or one of the opening scenes on Lars Homestead on A New Hope. Um, this is one of the first times food is presented on screen and therefore it's kind of significant. And I kind of want to just, you know, have a little look at what we see on screen really and what there is there. I know, James, you've been having a little look at this today in preparation, mm-hmm. but I've never really thought to kind of pick that apart or think about what is there i mean jordan like for instance do you do you know just off the top of your head what we see in that in that little breakfast scene well the person that comes to mind is blue milk that's it <laughs> that, that's going to be the first one that comes to mind but then looking at the article that makes me think of all the things it gets used in such as bant butter <laughs> yeah. blue bant the buttermilk biscuits blue milk cheese blue milk custard Ice cream and yogurt. <laughs> There's just so much, so much to be used from blue milk. It's just the source of everything, mm. isn't it? It sounds great. And, and and for those that are a fan of the pub, there's also a dark blue milk that's an alcoholic version. Whoa, Ooh. James. Uh, James, that sounds I'm, interesting. I'm fe- I'm feeling a pub visit now. <laughs> this is great. Well, I'm just thinking of um, is it like um, oh, there's an Irish drink. I can't remember what it's called, but it's essentially whiskey and milk. So I'm wondering, if you can get whiskey in the Star Wars universe, can you get a kind of blue milk version of that? Well, you'll be happy to know then that whiskey is canon. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) So I can get a a Tatooine whiskey milk punch. I love it. Types of whiskey include uh, Chidoan (laughs) whiskey, Karelian whiskey, and Tavraki whiskey. I'm not surprised there's a Karelian whiskey. Han Solo does strike me as a whiskey (laughs) drinker. That sounds great, but I'm assuming they don't have any whiskey in the Lars homestead. (laughs) <laughs> I I don't think I don't think Luke's drink was spiked in that scene. <laughs> I reckon Owen would put a little tipple in his blue milk. I reckon he would. He's seen some stuff. He might need one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few things there really that we see on screen that um, I'm not quite sure if you know Jordan, but I mean, I'm gonna just think off the top of my head what I can remember. And there's a deleted scene, right? There's a deleted scene that it captures mm-hmm. Baru in a kitchen making something in a pot. And then she goes and takes the blue milk from a dispenser. 
And it's really cool to start off with because that is, although we don't see that, it's a nice sort of capturing of the way George Lucas wanted to make this sci-fi adventure a little bit naturalistic or at least a little bit more like putting the modern world into a future spin, if that makes sense. So you can sort of see these little contraptions or these little dispensers which you could almost make out to be like a coffee dispenser, but then it's just, it's dispensing blue milk. But there's other things in there as well in, in this deleted scene. Like there's this like long strand of what looks like the mix between a twig and a potato. And I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> and while they're there, she also puts in these like avocado type things into the bowl. Um, yeah. Have you seen this scene? I'm trying, I'm trying to look on Google images now for shots of it. And I've, um, I can't find what you're talking about, but I can find one where they photoshopped a can of, uh, like essentially spam, but pork meat into a hand. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see the avocados now. It literally looks like an avocado, but without the the skin right? peeled off of it. Right, right. Yeah, it looks like we also have fifty one articles on breakfast foods. My goodness, <laughs> that's a lot of breakfast. Oh, here we yeah. go. Here we go. Everyone's favorite cereal: C three PO's. Hey, <laughs> non canon. <laughs> oh, this dear. is uh, it's from here. Actually, I'll I'll share it over in your chat there. So this was released by Kellogg's uh, in 1984. It's it looks like it was a limited edition <laughs> run. Um, right. Kellogg's released three POs, a crunchy honey sweetened oat, wheat, and corn breakfast cereal in 1984. The double O's shaped cereal was sold in a box with C-3PO on the front. Several of the box backs, the box backs, had cut-out character masks. That's pretty cool, actually, including C-3PO, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Yoda, and a stormtrooper. Another box included Rebel Rocket toys inside, and another included two sticker slash trading cards from a ten-card set. The cereal was advertised with various commercials. Featuring C-3PO played by Anthony Daniels and R2D2 getting into trouble while traveling with boxes of the cereal. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go watch these commercials now, actually. <laughs> did you I mean James, did you ever have like a Star Wars cereal when you were younger, which had like little little toys and things that came out of it? I don't remember like a specific one, like a kind of C3PO's, but I'm sure during the kind of Revenge of the Sith era there's got to have been, like, you know, Cocoa Pops, but sponsored by Star Wars or mm -hmm. something. Right, right. I mean, I, I could swear I had some sort of Cheerios that had, like, little lightsabers as toys in little mm. packets inside. I, I just Weren't they, just like, little kind that. of spoons? Yeah, Like, that's little lightsaber spoons. Yeah, that's I remember it. them. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a blue, know... green, red, and purple one. Were they, were they with Cocoa Pops, or were they with something else, like Rice Krispies? Which one of them. I don't know if I don't know if they're a universal brand across America either. <laughs> all cereal <laughs> um, is the same. All it's just the same thing, isn't it? It's just milk <laughs> and rice. But um yeah, I um, I think uh, as we've obviously touched on the Lars Homestead, James, I think this is a good opportunity actually to move on to mm -hmm. some of our special or most memorable food items that we can yes. think of in the Star Wars universe. So, Jordan, I'm gonna I'm gonna whip you over a question. Um, I'm sure you've got a load here uh, ready to fire away with, but um, do you have any sort of favourite or most memorable, notable food or drink items? Um, canon or non-canon? Either way. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ronto Wrap, just because I was at Galaxy's Edge in uh, in LA a couple of weeks ago, and Ooh. Ronto Wraps are actually very delicious. If you ever have a chance to try one, do it. That was delicious. <laughs> okay, so, so, so just to specify, this is something you can actually get at Galaxy's Edge, right? Yeah, so all the food oh. at Galaxy's Edge is all themed, so it has an in-universe component as well as the real-world component. So Ronto Wraps, for example, um, 
In universe, it contained two tender cuts of Ronto meat that had the tough skin removed, and the meat was then cooked by the Pitmaster Droid 8DG8 on a grill heated by a pod racer engine. For the real world one, that uh, creature then becomes chorizo sausage with the casing removed. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, chorizo is good. Although James, you're a you're you're a vegetarian, right? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm sure we can find a vegetarian equivalent. <laughs> oh, sure don't worry, they 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 have plenty there. <laughs> uh, James, James, what about mm. you? Do you have any special favorites or, or memorable memorable food items? I do. This uh, my favorite Star Wars food thing isn't like really star warsy it's hot chocolate um and it's not just because hot chocolate is nice it's because it appears i think jordan may have to correct me on this because i may be wrong but i think it appears for the first time in air to the empire by timothy zahn yeah i Um, believe it was yeah Uh. and luke mentions that lando calrissian introduced him to hot chocolate and it's become a sort of like running joke among star wars fans that luke doesn't just like hot chocolate he's low-key addicted to it uh, okay. but i just i love the idea of like luke and lando together generally because they're such a kind of unlikely pairing i think they're my favorite kind of star wars duo but i love yeah. that they have so little in common in kind of their personalities and their life stories but they have this one thing that links them and it's a love for hot chocolate <laughs> <laughs> it'll get you through thick and thin yeah i love that they must have gone on this mission somewhere and they were like oh we don't really know what to talk about and lando's like do you want to go get a drink and Luke probably thinks, oh no, are we going to go to some like seedy dive bar and it's going to be not my scene at all. And then they go to like a cosy coffee place and Lando gets him a hot chocolate and Luke thinks, this is all right, actually. I'm going <laughs> to order more of this. Oh God, hot chocolate doesn't have a good future though. So from the Legends <laughs> article, mm-hmm. first of all, there's an image of Luke Skywalker from a comic being poured a cup of hot chocolate and he just says, keep the drinks coming, please. I think that's oh. my favorite Star Wars image. Ooh. <laughs> but it says, after the Yuuzhan Vong War, hot chocolate became a rarity because the Yuuzhan Vong had reshaped seven of the eight planets that were home to the plant that produced the pods that were used to make it during the conflict. Oh, All right, wow. so hot just... chocolate nearly went extinct. <laughs> I just love how that's a consequence. Like the Yuuzhan Vong War is this huge kind of conflict that reshaped the Star Wars galaxy. But that was also one of the consequences that hot chocolate became rare. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, one of the favorite things I was looking at, or at least one of the favorite food, time, food items I was thinking of, mm-hmm. um, and Jordan, you might know a little bit more about this, is the Scarif Slush as a drink. Uh, yeah, let me see if I can find that there. I've not and heard of this before. It, 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 have a look. It looks really nice. It's also one of the items you can get at Batu. At Galaxy's Edge. Before I hit Google, I'm imagining like like a slush puppy, but with a kind of tropical twist, like a Fanta slush puppy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, or a lilt Um, slush puppy. Do you remember lilt? It's, it's. I do actually. Yeah, it's, it's described somewhere between a refreshing beverage and Mm. a fruit cocktail. Sounds like lilt. It sounds like lilt. It's so what the description I've got here is it's a it's layered orange, white, and green beverage Mm -hmm. made using chilled chunks of tropical fruit. A sweet milk-like liquid and mm. ice. Um, and long before the planet Scarif was devastated by the Galactic Empire, um, the chef Strono Tugs tried a Scarif slush for the first time in a small resort. Mm. Um, back when back when the place wasn't an imperial stronghold, it was actually a five-star, all-you-can-eat <laughs> sort of resort. Uh, I'd love it if the Empire was... kept those there. And surprise, this was actually from the, uh, the 2021 Life Day cookbook. <laughs> a book that has given us so many different status articles and this is now going on the list to create one for youtube for 
Yeah. Is that actually just, looks very good. It's just how it's layered, right? Yeah. And we've got some quite warm weather here, so this looks really appealing at the moment. Mm. Mm. And I, I'm very much, you know, a cocktail kind of guy, but I mm. also quite like the idea of, you know, that fruity, sweet taste. Like I <laughs> like I quite like fruity ciders, I quite like fruity cocktails. That would that would, you know, mm. that'd be good. Okay, that like well. That. Um so I mean, did I mean did any of you guys have any other favorite mentions or memorable ones before we move on anyone you wanted to bring up i'm just seeing all the things now that i really wish i had had would have had time to try at galaxy's edge <laughs> i was only there for i was only there for a day it's just not enough time to hit everything <laughs> no i mean um i mean the the thing that um is quite popular at dexter's diner mm-hmm. looks really appealing because it's just it hits that sort of fast food um like constant need mm-hmm. that i have every every single day <laughs> but he sell they sell the slider in dexter's diner mm-hmm. which is sort of like this like slice of this is the description i've got slice of gonzo yellow cheese mm-hmm. some ruvian lettuce topato slices which i'm guessing is some sort of tomato like thing um grilled ojomian oh, onions mm-hmm. uh bomar style pickles and the Coruscant slider came with Jester's distinctive special sauce as a garnish, which <laughs> is uh, apparently, according to the article I read earlier, apparently people would come into Dexter's Diner to drink a litre <laughs> of this special sauce, whatever it is. So it must be good, but it, did... <laughs> it doesn't have a description of what the sauce is. You said that sounds um... appealing. I've heard a very different description of the Dexter Jester slider. I've got some. Um, I've got a differing perspective on the slider here, and it's not just because I'm a vegetarian. Um, so you okay. said it sounded quite appealing and you gave off all these nice ingredients I've got here yeah. the Attack of the Clones Visual Dictionary from 2002 oh <laughs> he's brought the big guns out I've gone out. proper he's vintage here <laughs> and it's got a description of Dexter's sliders and it says that they're made um, they make the most of trans-shipped medium density food board which doesn't sound okay. like it's a real food and then it also um, I think it references the sauce here that you said sounded quite nice um, it says regulars at the diner travel light years out of their way just to satisfy cravings for Dexter's sliders. But beforehand, they often drink what's called a mild pink antidote before they eat the burgers uh, to avoid gastrointestinal <laughs> distress. <laughs> so, so I'm questioning how tasty these actually are, but they must be good if people travel light years to them and are willing to risk IBS to have well, one. Is it, the, is, is it the same thing as when you have a kebab and you know you're going to regret it the next day? It's the same thing, but you have it anyway. Should, should I hurt all of the people listening right now? Go ahead. Go for it. By saying that in Legends, Dexter's diner was destroyed. Oh. <gasps> no. What? With the rise of the Galactic Empire, Jester became one of the... This is from Legends, so... Jetster became one of the erased, uh, a group of people that were essentially eliminating people's records so that they could escape. Um, Eliminating records of his existence so as not to be prosecuted by the Empire for treason. The diner was destroyed when he went underground, but was later repaired as Bagua ran it during the threat of the Galactic Civil War. My god. Damn. Dex was an early rebel. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he went and set up a diner with a uh, Saul Guerrero. <laughs> Damn. I mean, um, t- I mean, talking about Dexter's Diner for a second. Mm-hmm. There's a really fascinating blog that was written by um, Gregory Walker called Dining at Dexter's. Yeah, and it's this like brilliant in-universe menu 
of like all of the items on Dex's Diner. And it's great. It's got this like intro where it goes, welcome to Dex's Diner. We're very proud to offer the best eats in the Coco Town streets. Nice sort of para rhyme there. I like it. And uh, we serve <laughs> up good food and fast, friendly service at reasonable prices. And then it goes on to list so many items um, that we could just like talk about for ages. Like for <laughs> instance, you know, you've got the, the Nerf steak and eggs. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds good, doesn't it? The Nerf steak and eggs. Okay, <laughs> this 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 was cost at twelve point five credits. Ooh, pricey. And with that, you got I know quite a lot. Um, start the planetary rotation off right with a juicy grilled to order Nerf steak, a breakfast staple from here to outer uh, Zinza and everywhere in between. And the secret to our mouth-watering Nerf steak is the seasoning, a unique blend of Serranian salt, tertium, punk till, and black hole pepper that's been handed down for generations and served with two gato eggs. Is steak a usual breakfast steak? food? Steak for breakfast. I can get behind this idea. <laughs> so could I. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it's not too much of a far, far-fetched throw from padded bacon, right? True, steak? yeah. It's just thick. Just, you know, just, I don't know. Guess it's just weird having like a thick meaty. Yeah, thing. I'm just like, saying like a like, I don't a slab of beef for breakfast seems a weird <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, but they also but they also do um, pancakes, which are basically pancakes, right? That's my um, kind of breakfast. They've that's your kind of breakfast and lunch um, and, and tea um, and tea everything, uh, and they come with like all sorts of little sides. You know, you can get them with zooch berries or mm-hmm. ettle nuts for an extra five point five credits. Nice. Um, so really nice stuff. And um, if, if I slide down a little bit more, there's stuff like the sliders, for example. But one dessert, which I kind of wanted to bring up, okay. which kind of got me a little bit a little bit upset, really, given this sort of relates to one episode that we recorded. Um, one of the desserts is called a Kowakian crumb cake. Okay. Is it made from the Kowakian so, monkey lizard or just from the planet? Well, that's what... I would, well, that's I would what be I was concerned. <laughs> yeah. I like, have they, yeah. Have they ground them into a crumble? Like, that's horrif- like, horrifying, if that's the case. Um, the description is, as with all our cakes, this old-fashioned favourite from Kowak is made from scratch using only the finest ingredients. The delectable, cribbly crunch topping is sure to please, every- to please everyone, even the most um, crazy monkey lizard. So hmm. probably not made from monkey lizards, but, we've deduced. But then again, um, if they have steak for breakfast, I don't trust what they have for dessert. <laughs> Jordan, have you ever heard of um, have you ever heard of Circuit Cider? I personally have not. No, that does not ring a bell offhand. Okay, sounds so nice though. In this, in this, because as I said, I love cider, and apparently this was <laughs> a drink that they served, um, which was made authentically by filtering the liquid through the spare parts of droids before <laughs> oh, serving. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What? Just this sounds disgusting. It goes here at Dex's. The parts come from a dishwasher unit that once made the mistake oh. of gossiping about our waitress droid with the other appliances. Cider made from God. a dishwasher. I I'm just looking. I'm looking at the article right now, and like, not just droid parts, but spare droid parts. I'm seeing now why Dex's diner was closed down by the Empire. It wasn't because Dex was a rebel. It was actually it was just, just a health, health and safety. Yeah. It was just a health department. They found out he was using parts from a dishwasher that had been gossiping about WA7 with other appliances. Oh. Ugh. Like at this point, Dex is just trying to avoid. It's just trying to cut down costs by using whatever the hell he can find. Yeah. All right. I, I think we can safely deduce. Dex was indeed shut down by the health department, and then he yeah. just put a he just put a twist on it so that made himself sound better. 
Maybe Dexter is actually the Heston Blumenthal of Star Wars. <laughs> You'll also be happy to know that there's actually there is a few fair few other ciders in Star Wars. Oh, perfect. Ooh. In addition to circuit Ooh. cider, we also have fruit cider, horseberry cider, Jaffa cider, spice runner hard cider, spiced surabot cider, and rusher sap cider. All of oh. those sound better than dis- dishwasher cider. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> shall we, um, James, shall we lead on into our next part? <laughs> yeah, let's go on. Then. Let's move on from dishwashers. Uh, so because we got you on, Jordan, and because Wikipedia is such an amazing part of Star Wars fandom, we wanted to ask you a few questions about Wikipedia itself. Um Actually, though, before we get into Wikipedia, we got a question about food from one of our uh, friends on Twitter, Paul at Seismic Cinema. Everyone out there, go and listen to Seismic Cinema. They've talked about us on their show quite a lot, so we should return the favour. But they're a great podcast. Go and listen to them. And Paul wanted to know, what do clones typically eat as like a standard food in the army? Uh, We did have... Let's see if we can find the article for it. But we did see the cafeteria and the Bad Batch. That is true. Topoka City Cafeteria. Okay, so we got the Topoka City Cafeteria. I just really want to know what was on that plate now, but... I mean, I would have supposed that they would have... I guess they would have had to have something that was mass-produced, right? That Mm. was easy to make, low-cost. So I'm just thinking, like, gruel to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, something that is, like, infused with, like, a growth serum or something <laughs> like to help. steroid porridge um i don't know <laughs> it's better it's better than dishwasher cider i see soup yeah. i guess they had a kind of mm. soup forks mm. forks made an appearance <laughs> nice <laughs> yes we have an article spoons, on forks. Though, if there's soup all right okay eating utensils <laughs> we have 12 art we have 12 <laughs> articles on eating utensils we have bo- oh, we right. have bone tongs, chopsticks, flat cake turner, the Canon and Legends version of fork, grub sticks, plork screw, salad fork, spoon and the Legends version of spoon, spork, and Legends toothpick. Nice. But no knife. <laughs> or did I miss knife? No, I guess you don't get a knife. Interesting. But you right. can actually get a spork. I, lo- I love how the Star Wars universe has a spork, but not a knife. <laughs> Who needs a knife in Star Wars? Just shove it right in with uh, a fork. That's true, yeah. Because the only other food I can think of with the clone army is in the 2D Clone Wars, which I know you haven't seen, Adam, have you? I haven't, no. There's um, there's a great bit where Obi-Wan and Anakin are... Oh, I can't remember the planet they're on. But they're sitting there and they're eating dinner and Anakin literally just has a napkin full of grubs. And that's kind of all the food he could oh. find. So I don't think the clone oh, army was that well God. fed. <laughs> Anakin loved them. Obi Wan did not. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, yeah. Let's let's go to this one. So, um, Jordan, um, I'm just going to move on to this other question I've got here, which is, um, as you know, as a Wikipedia admin, um, you know, whenever a new show must come out, you must be frantically on edge, right? Trying to update as many different pages and bios. Like, there must be so many that you have to keep up with, and that you have to constantly be updating. It must be hectic. That's the thing that's interesting is that because it's uh, entirely volunteer based, like all of us, you know, have our own jobs and our own schooling outside of this. It's just us doing this on the side. Um, people tend to gravitate towards what interests them personally the most. Mm. Um, mm. Naturally, that mm. leads to people pretty much updating things immediately. 
<laughs> I'll use the first episode of Kenobi as an example. Um, so at the same time Celebration was taking place, Fandom, the company that hosts Wikipedia and other wiki sites, uh, they were hosting their annual Community Connect in LA as well. Um, so a couple of us were down for that. Mm. And as I was on the plane, this is the morning of the Kenobi launch, <laughs> I think I was too, I was probably flying somewhere over the Midwestern United States. Mm. And I look into our Discord and someone's like, yep, the article on that uh, homeless clone trooper's done. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even surprised. I'm just, you know what? I'm just impressed. I think I remember seeing that tweeted out, like literally yeah. an hour or something after the episode had aired. You're like, yeah, there's already an article on the unidentified clone veteran. Which most definitely was not Rex. Let's just put that to bed. <laughs> um, but I guess going on from that, like, I guess what is, you know, what... How do you how did you get into it, or how do you how did you decide this? You know, you wanted to become a Wikipedia admin, um, and I guess like what would be like a typical day in your life as a Wikipedia admin as well. Thing is, and I think this is true for everyone on site. Nobody really planned on doing this; it just kind of happens. Um, mm, so mm. I I first started reading the site like around like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Mm. Made a couple edits here and there over the years. And then 2011, I kind of started diving into it. And it's always like, you know, what? I'm just going to do one more thing. I'm just going to I'm just going to add one more thing. <laughs> and you just kind of keep going down that rabbit hole. And once you once you get into like the actual community and you start talking with people, it's. It's just honestly a great experience getting to hang out with people that are just as passionate as you about this uh, about this topic that we all just love. And then through that, you start to kind of get to know some of the some of the other wiki sites as well. Like at Community Connect, there was admins from a couple dozen wikis present. Mm -hmm. And just getting to, you know, sit down over a meal and chat with all these people about the things they're passionate about is just, it's addictive. I can fully attest to that rabbit hole thing because I signed up for a fandom account the other day. And I've <laughs> like corrected a couple typos that I've come across on Wikipedia. And then I started doing a few and I was like... Yeah, I can actually, you know, update a bit of information on some of these articles and some of the ones for like books that I've read and thought, yeah, I can add more plot synopsis stuff. And I had to be like, no, I've got actual work I need to do before I go down this rabbit hole. So I can fully oh, no, attest to that. Whatever your real work is now, that's now second priority. <laughs> <laughs> I must update the synopsis but, of all the Jedi Apprentice books. It's my mission. And honestly, though, you understand it's it's addictive. It's yeah. there's something very there's something just very satisfying about being a part of. Um, of, you know, this large collaborative effort. Because mm. it's so simple as well, isn't it, to make those tiny things. Like, literally, you just see a typo, click the edit button and change it. And then you're like, yeah. oh, I've made an edit on Wikipedia. Like, congratulations, <laughs> you're a Wikipedian now. <laughs> Woohoo! That's all it takes. That's all it takes is you've made an edit and you've tried to improve something. That means you are one of us. Uh, James, did you did you have another yeah, question? Yeah, so on the topic of, like, Wikipedia articles and stuff, um, we're talking about, what was it, like, the unidentified rock creature and sporks and chairs. <laughs> Do you ever have to like draw a line on what actually makes an article? Is there like a kind of minimum amount of information, or is it just if someone can make it, it goes on the site? Uh, so we do have some guidelines about kind of what is deserving of an article. Like, let's say if you're browsing an episode of Clone Wars and you see, I need a, a clone tr clone trooper number four twenty seven in the background that mm. just stood there, fired one shot, and did nothing else. Yeah, that wouldn't get an article just because it's it's nothing that's actually notable. Um, we've got some guidelines about that, um, but by and large, as long as as long as you're making a conscious effort to improve the site, mm. that's all it takes. Even if you makes even if someone who's uh, making an article makes some mistakes, that's all right. There's still a community. There's a whole community here that will help 
that, that will help you learn how to do it. That's good. That oh, it sounds like such a nice community yeah. over there. It it does, and like sort of like going on from that. I guess we we've, we've already talked a little bit about community building, but it seems like that's one of the growing or at least the fundamental part of Wikipedia because the way you interact with other fans and fellow con- content creators, especially over the past year, has been really cool to see. And it feels like there is a genuine desire from Wikipedia admins to create like a fun and like entertaining space on top of the informative side, which is just, you know, knowledge and um, and passing on all sorts of information about the series. But it is genuinely, it seems like a community building platform as well. Um, so do you have something to say about Wikipedia's relationship with the fans? Oh, and it really is that. Like, there was a lot of years where um, some people on site that are no longer here had the opinion that, you know, Wikipedia is better than everyone else. We don't need friends, you know. We're better than everyone. We don't need anyone. And that, that couldn't be further from the truth because we're fans just like everyone else. Um, mm. So when I took over our Twitter account last year in uh, late May, early June one of my first goals was to kind of reconnect with the fan base because as i said these are fans just like us they're just as passionate about star wars as all of us Mm. are Mm. so you know what let's let's make some friends let's get to know the community let's let's be open and transparent (laughs) let's let's get to know the people that are actually reading our content Mm. Mm. it's 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 really nice was it jordan was it was it by any chance your your decision or one of your decisions to go on the follow spree? Ah, uh, yeah, when, that, you, when you started following, that was entirely me. Yeah, <laughs> that was. <laughs> so what what had prompted that was um, when I first took over the account. Obviously, you know, I was experimenting a little bit with kind of what's going to get the best traction. What do people like yeah. seeing? Um, and one of the things that surprised me the most was how much people wanted to actually interact with Wikipedia itself, not just Star Wars, but to, like the actual site itself. And that they got excited about talking with, quote unquote, the Wikipedia. Mm. And then that got me thinking, like, you know, we have this very large voice. We have this very large follower base. So what if we just use that to make people smile a little bit? Like, if I can make somebody smile with just mm. a little hello there mm. gif or a follow, <laughs> that takes no effort on my part. And it mm. gives someone a smile for their entire day and it's going to make their day better. So you know what? Let's do it. And it definitely happens because I see it all the time when, like you said, you reply with just a GIF or something or you follow someone and literally they kind of like go mad for it because it's it's a huge thing. Like being followed by Wikipedia feels like such a massive thing because it's, you know, it's a cornerstone of being a Star Wars fan is going on (laughs) Wikipedia. And just getting to see how that's kind of impacted people and how it's made them smile. And then in some cases, it's made them want to actually learn how to contribute to the site. It's, Mm. It's like you're coming full circle. You're you're reaching out to the fans that are reading the site that want to learn how to contribute and then you're you're inviting them in honestly it's it's yeah it makes me happy that side because genuinely we need to create and honestly it's just so good to see star wars twitter or any social media in a positive light mm. and building that brilliant space um and just having fun with each other especially when we've got all these new exciting shows coming out and yeah when we've just got all of this circulating sort of engagement with each other let's just make it a fun time while it's all happening yeah because this is the best time it's ever been to be a star wars fan <laughs> so let's make the most of it <laughs> and you've even you've even also got the like you even have the official star wars twitter account now that's yeah you know imitating oh, things don't, that, don't. imitating things that we've done where it's you know it's communicating with the fans and just making them smile 
Don't James is James is slightly uh, he's been, he's got a grudge against the Star Wars official count. I don't have a grudge. I just wish they would reply to us as well. <laughs> if you're listening, Star Wars admin, reply to us, please. And also please. fund for us all to go to Galaxy's Edge and stuff. Yes, yes. Um, James, did you have another question? I did. Yeah. Um, so you do you say you were with Wikipedia since about 2006, 2007? That was when I first kind of found out about the site and started reading it. Um, yeah. I made a couple little edits in 2008, but it was around 2011 when I really started getting into it. Okay, so you were there like, fair, like fairly close to when the uh, kind of Legends canon split happened, right? Yeah, I was there a couple of years before that. What was that like kind of going through that split? Because I remember when it happened, I saw a tweet that for some reason has stuck with me to this day. Um, someone said, I just felt a great disturbance in the force as if millions of Wikipedia articles screamed out and suddenly were deleted. <laughs> like, what was it like kind of managing that transition? Um, it, it was hectic. Um, at the time, we did lose a couple of people just because, you know, some people lost interest. Some people mm. didn't really like the idea of, of rebooting. Um, some people just yeah. decided to use it as a chance to kind of pursue other interests. So we did see kind of a slump in activity. Um mm during that transition but then over time new people started to get involved with the franchise um which then led people getting more involved with the legend side of it and it's kind of just transitioned into this period where it's the most active and productive the site has quite honestly ever been wow at the time though it was mm. a little bit chaotic yeah do you get uh, many problems like now even when you've got the the legends canon kind of tabs do you get people mixing up putting like kind of canon information in the legends article or vice versa not as much as at first, but you still get the occasional people, and by and large, it's just someone just wasn't aware of it, and uh, yeah. we we do our best to just kind of make sure, just kind of help help guide them along. <laughs> so it's not just you know, it's not just reverted. Don't do that. It's mm. hey, so this was reverted because of this reason. You know, this is where you'd actually want to put it. Please let us know if you have any questions. That sort of leads me into my other question, which was about the famous water situation. To do with it being canon and legends, um, and for for anyone who doesn't know, Jordan, that was um, that was the time we started a bread yeah. and water cult on yeah. uh, on Twitter. <laughs> could you could you could you just like explain uh, how that came about and like what just what, what that was like? That was one of that was one of my most that was one of the most fun days I've had on Star Wars Twitter. <laughs> so obviously we have our anyone who's looked at Wikipedia knows that we have articles on literally anything you can think of, and that includes. Basic concepts like uh, like water. Um, water exists in both canon and legends. Uh, so I created a couple of graphics for it. The first one being water in Star Wars Legends. Of course, I tweeted that one out first. And that led to a spree of people being like, wait, why doesn't water exist in canon? What? Water's decanonized? And then a couple hours later, I tweeted out the canon one after we had had our chaos. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, you, you just wanted to sow chaos, Jordan. Some Come people on. just want to watch I the mean, world it, burn. It was fun. Generally, though, I remember that happening. I just remember, just and ever since, you seem to have now got this flurry of people who now just want to interact under most <laughs> yeah. posts, just asking whether anything is canon or not, like <laughs> pizza or bread or something. Like you've you've started something. I, think I saw yes. someone the other day and, ask uh, about if ducks were canon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Ducks are canon and legends. That was actually, so when I did the Ducks one, that was actually one that came from Matt Martin, the 
member of Lucasfilm story group. He had said that, that he had told us <laughs> in DMs that that was one of his more favorite ones. So I'm like, yeah, well, okay, I got to do ducks now. <laughs> Does it come from like a phrase that someone <laughs> oh, say about okay. sitting ducks? Yeah, there was that. And then ducks also existed. I believe it was on Naboo, I want to say. I I just went to search for ducks on Wikipedia and realized the top trending search term at the moment is breast, which fully uh, goes into that, yeah. like, everything has an article on Wikipedia. That and the yeah. fact that it's been picked up on social media. Yeah. So that, yeah. that'll die out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, social media. Oh dear. I think we've come to the end of our questions there, James. I think we may well have done. So, or we want to know what you guys think about the cuisine of Star Wars. Um, let us know your thoughts on social media at Moisture Farm Rep, or you can send us an email at moisturefarmpod at gmail.com. Um, we also want to give a special mention to our special guest, Jordan, who has been wonderful and has been a great addition to the podcast and beginning season three. So we're really happy you joined with us today. Thanks for having us on. This, uh, this has been a blast. <laughs> um, do you want to plug anything uh, or just, just say something like plug Wikipedia or just uh, anything? This is your moment to say anything. You know what? I'll end off on, this is something I've said on a couple other podcasts, but mm -hmm. we all know that the Star Wars, Star Wars has a very, it has its historic toxic side to the fandom. We all know that that is not the larger side of it. I might not like the same things you do. You might not like the same things as someone else, but that's totally fine. We all collectively love the same universe, even if we don't love every aspect of it. That's the thing that brings us all together. That's really nice. Yeah, mm. I share that. And I, and I think we all share yeah. that. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, but as always, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Wheeler underscore deals. And I'm at James 16 Matthews. And if you like this episode, why not subscribe and leave us a review on your platform of choice? Thank you for listening to James, Jordan and I, and we'll be back next time to discuss more of the incredible universe that is Star Wars. But until then, we will see you next time on The Moisture Farm Report. Canon. Yes, pizza is canon. Okay. It's okay. Pizza is pizza is <laughs> safe. <laughs>